Now, he didn't give me the virtuoso that I've seen so many mm -hmm. times over the last two weeks. Yeah. He didn't give me one of those, but he was able to play well enough to impact the game. For KD to kind of get into that top ten, get into that top five maybe, he has to do it with his own team. Or just get out of the scenario where people think your team doesn't need you. There's a word in the NBA that fans never talk about, but it's all scouts talk about. And that word is length. Toronto is long. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Warriors don't have to use the word resilience very often, but Nick, let me start with you. How did the Raptors do it? How did they win game one? Pascal Siakam and the Raptors' defense were ready for NBA Finals intensity, and the Golden State Warriors were, were not. The, the Portland Trailblazers didn't do Golden State any favors except for the added rest. Golden State clearly thought, ah, we'll go on a run. Oh, we're down at halftime? Okay, we're down at halftime in game two, in game three, in game four in the previous series. It was no problem. The Raptors' defense would not allow them to go on that run. The Warriors' defense wouldn't allow them to go on that run because at no point last night did they show any interest in getting back in transition or semi-transition, which Steve Kerr was just beside himself about during and after the game. And then there was a star turn for Pascal Siakam. Throughout the year, a lot of people were talking about D'Angelo Russell as the most improved player, and he was probably the most improved prominent player. But on this show, we talked about the kid in Toronto, Pascal Siakam, how he went from being a seven-point-a-game guy to a 16-point-a-game guy with a legitimate claim to be on an all-defensive team. And he was spectacular last night. In a game where Golden State had a very clear strategy that we're not going to let Kawhi Leonard beat us, and that was one thing they were actually able to execute, Pascal Siakam, who's got a lot of young Kawhi Leonard in his game, a lot of similarities there, took advantage of the fact that after in round two, he's got 6'11", Ben Simmons guarding him. And in round three, he's got 6'11", Giannis guarding him. Now he's got regular-sized NBA player Draymond Green guarding him. Self-proclaimed best defender in the history of the history NBA. History of the world, Draymond Green. <laughs> and Pascal Siakam gave him that work. And it was critical. It was the reason, to me, the biggest reason the Raptors won. It's why the Raptors were able to score with Golden State. And you had pointed out all week leading up to it, Chris, that Toronto that can't lose game one. They can't give away home court immediately. Yes. They didn't give away a quarter last night. They led wire to wire in this game, essentially, and Pascal Siakam's the biggest reason. And Draymond makes a great point, though, in the soundbite, talking about the Warriors and how they decided to try to win this game was they're not going to let Kawhi Leonard get off. But Kawhi decided that I'm not going to be an unselfish player, and I'm going to try to make the right play. Even though he took some tough shots, a typical superstar like Kawhi, oh, he's going to get up 24 to 27 shots in that game. But Kawhi didn't. Even though he played the type of minutes you didn't, he decided that, you know, I'm going to get other people involved. And after a slow start and turning the ball over, creating those open looks gave the other 
Raptors, confidence. Mark Gasol, he got off in that first quarter. Siakam, not only in the first quarter, but in the second quarter, he got into a rhythm. He got some easy looks. He got out into the fast break. And there were some things in this game that I was totally surprised at. And Jenna, you and I talked about it early this morning as far as Nick Nurse coming into this series. He's probably the least as far as important things as far as coaching. We just assume, oh, Steve Kerr, with all his experience. Nick Nurse, a journeyman coach, first year in Toronto. Their season's over with. It's been great taking this franchise there. But the adjustments that he made going into game number one, I think led to the win, and that was the pace and how they were going to start the game. Yeah, and one of those things is the transition, and Draymond said afterwards, we got beat in the transition game, and Pascal said the reason I was able to play so well is because I was to get back so quickly on transition. Was that the biggest difference, do you think, in this game? Well, the biggest thing and one of the keys Nick had was the rebounding. They have to win the rebounding battle. And in going against Golden State, people talk about, oh, they're going to shoot threes. They're going to move the ball around. Everyone's going to set picks for Steph and for Clay. But, yes, the other thing they do besides free throw shooting that kills you, it's their offensive rebounding or second chance points. And if you're going to the offensive board trying to get offensive rebounds, trying to get second chance points, and the thing that I missed in Nick Nurse because I said they need to slow the pace down, make sure this game is slow. No, he told them from the beginning, we're going to attack, we're going to run. I was like, wow, they're going to run themselves into a, a very quick death. Because we said coming in, what the Raptors have to do is slow, slow down, down the I Warriors I thought they were playing game. into the Warriors' hand. I thought they were – because early in the game, they were they were giving up offensive rebounds. Was Toronto gave up five in the first quarter. They were trying to play at a pace with Golden State, and I thought they would wear out and Golden State would punch them. And Golden State typically – teams have tried to do this, but when they try to outrun Golden State, they try to outshoot them. There's a difference in outrunning them because with Steph and with Clay, they shoot the ball from diagonal and from the corner an awful lot. You're not going to have a balanced defense, so they're out of position. If they don't get an offensive rebound or a second chance, you have the ability to go on the attack, and that's what Nick Nurse and this coaching staff realized in the two games that they played earlier this year. They played at a faster pace. We saw Toronto slow down Milwaukee, and Milwaukee, we thought, was just a sample size of what Golden State was going to do. But, man, we were totally wrong. Nick Nurse was up on this, and that first half, man, they pushed that pace. In the second half, they got back to more of a finals game, more like they played Milwaukee. But that first half, first 24 minutes, Nick, huge advantage in the pace of the game. And, see, the you mentioned Kawhi not forcing the issue, Kawhi recognizing like that most guys in that, his spot we're going to would put up 20 plus shots. One of the reasons he didn't and was because he didn't have to. The Raptors had a lead the mm -hmm. entire game. So Kawhi, the Warriors, I think, had a smart defensive game plan against Kawhi. And their game plan against Kawhi isn't why Pascal got off. It's not why they got out in transition. I think they will try to duplicate that. They need to get better on the rotations. They can't give Mark Gasol what Steve Kerr called dare shots. Those things, they can guard Kawhi that way and be better otherwise defensively. But if Pascal Siakam doesn't make 11 consecutive field goal attempts and is 14 of 17 from the field in the game, then maybe Kawhi feels like, man, oh, yeah. I got to take some of these shots. Yes, I get pressed. I And so it was the 
the, the Raptors continually getting stops and Siakam being so great defensively allowed Kawhi to a degree to ease himself into the game and just take, I know it's a cliche, but take what the defense gave him. And it what the defense gave him, what the Warriors gave him, was a 1-0 lead in the series. I mean, Siakam was special in this game. How special, Nick? I know you always love. You hit me with this. Oh, man, this guy's 1, one of 10. Of, yeah. This guy's 1 uh -huh. of Siakam, 1 of 3. First NBA Finals game, one of three. Jordan, Allen Iverson to go 35 and five. That's how special he was in game number one. Okay, I, I want to throw, I'm just going to throw my crazy theory at you is that Paul George stayed in Oklahoma City, and a lot of it was, comes off an injury and thought, I'm not giving money back. Kevin Durant, I talked to Rick Bucher the other day, and Durant's having second thoughts because he's hurt, and he's thinking, you know, that guaranteed money. I'm Kawhi Leonard. There's a story out this morning. He's got some tendonitis he's dealing with. He gave up $31 million to leave San Antonio. He gave up $49 million guaranteed right. to leave here. Chris, come on now. That's $80 million large. Well, the money, no question. At a certain point, and I'm one that if I'm happy in a place, I'll take a little less than yeah. I could just get anywhere yeah. else. But $80 million? I mean, that, that's a lot of money. For a guy that's had injuries. Right, right. So there's that. Um, there's what you mentioned is the team. I mean, they set what I think could be a bad precedent by letting him sit out 22 games for rest. But wherever you go from here, are they going to be as open to doing that? You know Toronto next year, if Kawhi wants to sit out 22 games for rest, they're going to let him do it. So there's that. There's also, and let me first say this, gun to my head, I still would say Clippers. Yes. Just because of L.A., okay? However... You cannot underestimate the impact of a bonding experience. People get married from a great month together. Yeah. A great weekend together. Yeah. Josh Goldman just told me a great night together. You never know. <laughs> Watch out for Goldie. But anyway, uh, he's one of our behind-the-scenes guys. Um, this is a great bonding experience yes. that they're having. I mean, the crowd, I've been in that arena during the playoffs. It is incredible. You see Jurassic Park. Everybody in the city is giving free stuff, houses, food, uh, getting to the finals. I even want to say he may, looks like he's a little bit, a little bit coming out of his shell. Yeah. You know, he's talking to the media more. He has to carry the load of being the man on the team with the media. That you never know how this could affect the guy at 27 years old because he's having such a great experience this year in Toronto. No, I think it's a real thing. And let me say this. Um, I think Golden State's going to win this series. But I will say this, is that because of the length, even their guards, Danny Green is long, uh, Gasol, uh, Siakam, uh, Ibaka. And if OG Anwanobi comes back, okay. that's another long guy. Length forces you to take more difficult shots, change trajectory. I did think Golden State was rusty. I do think they'll play better in game two. But Toronto's not shrinking. Listen, they made Philadelphia inept late in game situations. They made um, uh, who else? Did, uh, Philadelphia a couple of times. Looked Milwaukee was inept offensively. This is a defense that creates problems. Golden State, they're not shrinking. Like, I can see Toronto giving them six, seven games of trouble. Yeah, I'm with you in that. I think they still win. I picked them in six and still feel fine about that pick. But Milwaukee, we all talked about how if they had gotten to the finals, their length would have bothered Golden State. And it's the same thing here, but the difference is 
these guys in Toronto are better individual defenders. I was surprised, and I'm with you. I think it was rust last night. I think it was a little bit of complacency yeah. where I think against Portland, Golden State, coasted a bit, paced itself. We yeah. don't have KD. Our depth isn't what we'd like it to be. So we know with one or two second-half surges, we can put Portland away. I think they kind of felt that last night. And Toronto, to its credit, wouldn't let them surge in the third quarter, which they usually do. So I, I think there was a lot of that. However, I was impressed by Toronto's defense because they have not faced – emotion-type offense like this in the yeah. playoffs. And it's been one-man shows throughout the Eastern Conference, so give them credit. Every one of those guys, Siakam, uh, uh, Lowry, uh, obviously Kawhi, Mark Gasol, these are all league defenders yes. at one point or another, and Siakam will be. So, yeah, I, I, I thought they played well, and I think it's going to be a good series. All right, we're going to stick around with Chris Broussard. we got all sorts of stuff to talk about. Houston feels like they're panicking and unraveling. Uh, we also have um, Kevin Durant's decision. Uh, I'm hearing all sorts of stuff that's fascinating with KD. So we know that Paul George stayed in Oklahoma City, and many people suspect, and I think this is true, he had had a major injury, and Paul did not want to leave all that money on the table. So Kevin Durant now has got an injury. There's a report by Chris Haynes he could come back in this series and will about game four, which I let's start with this. It is the perfect scenario for him, right, to come back and save the team? Colin, it is, I, I talked about the worst-case scenario if they win it without him. The best-case scenario is they're down 0-2, 2-1. comes back, saves the day, wins the finals for him, probably would be finals MVP if that happens. You erase that entire narrative that they didn't need you. And now people saying – well, if they were going to lose to Kawhi in the finals, they probably were going to lose to LeBron, especially LeBron and Kyrie. So now all of that's gone. Those, no, the rings aren't viewed as cheap, aren't viewed as easy by those who have that, that viewpoint. And so I would say this to, to Kevin Durant in that scenario. Stay at least one more year. If, if you come back, save the team and win. Stay at least one more year because now, again, you've erased that scenario. You don't have to deal with that anymore. Why not go for four straight? Nobody's done it since Bill Russell, not Kobe, Shaq, Michael, Chuck, Duncan. Nobody. This would be your top way. ten, getting I to that said. top five, maybe. He has to do it with his own team, or just get out of the scenario where people think your team doesn't need you. If you can separate yourself from them by winning four straight, that's a way to get in there without leaving. And then, if you want, you can always leave the next year. Right? Like, you'll be 31 years old, 32 years old. You'll still have plenty left. And you get to look at the free agent landscape. Where does Kyrie go? How do the Clippers look this year? Is LeBron really fading? I could go there and save LeBron. Years like, ago. All years, types of stuff. Years ago, I was told by a manager the most powerful word in broadcasting is no. Uh, do you want to be on this broadcast? No. And managers leave and go, wait a minute. Why? why? Like, it gives you power. I think if you ask LeBron personally, if it had, and I said this at the time last year, I said take the year off and just watch I the landscape. Kevin Durant, by the way, one more year in in Golden State, win or lose, all, all the big stars are kind of fastened to a team. That the free agent class isn't nearly as tasty a year from now. I don't think it's bad advice. Now I, I do want to talk about this: is that we thought coming into this season. And even before the series, Houston was the second-best team in this league. 
Right. I'm watching the last week. Daryl Morey's like, I'll trade everybody. Mike D'Antoni's staff's fired. Chris Paul's contract looks worse by the day. Are they panicking? No question about it, Kyle. Like, this, this is such a bad look. Number one, you never want to put your coach in a situation where you basically pick his coaching staff. I mean, you're essentially saying, go ahead and get out of here. So I would understand it if Dan Tony, out of pride, just said, I'm out. I hope he doesn't, but I'd understand it. So that's number one. That's a bad look. Number two, why are you letting it leak that your entire roster is available? Okay, why is James Harden's name out there? I know it's unlikely they trade him, but he should he should be like everybody but Harden. And Chris Paul, knowing that the likelihood of being able to trade him is nil or very slim, CP3 is not going to like this. He he's a superstar. He's not used to seeing his name in trade rumors unless he asks for a trade. He's which on nine was the commercials, case in New right? Like. It's easy for LeBron and Magic Johnson to say to Ingram and those, hey, it's part of business. It means people want you. Your name's in the trade rumors. It's great. Let LeBron's name get in trade rumors for real and see how much he Do likes it. you know it. Rich Paul once texted me? Rich Paul, because I, I said, you know, maybe you have to consider trading LeBron. And I say this lovingly to Rich right. Paul. Rich is like, did, did I just hear you say good trade LeBron? I said, sorry, Rich. I, I didn't mean. I was kidding, Rich. I, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. A superstar. So, so this is not going to sit well with Chris Paul. I guarantee you he is stewing over the fact that his name, he came to you, he left the Clippers, and his name is now in trade rumors? You don't want me? Is it me I'm, or, a, I'm a, an albatross? Houston's here? getting too public. Like, there's Way a lot of – they're, they're becoming the Steelers. It's like, it's stop. Stop leaking crap to the media. Now, now, what I will give – the one thing I like that Daryl Morey is doing is I am – Colin, I'm not one of those guys that feels like you can't have a coach go into the last year of his deal. Yeah. Like, he's a lame duck. No. we A lot of people work in the last year of their deal. I'm in my last year of my deal. Let's get that done, by the way. <laughs> but I'm in the last year of my deal. Like, like come on. If you can't coach your team – because you're in the last year of your deal, you shouldn't be coaching them anyway. I'm not with giving them a one- or two-year extension when you know in your mind this might be their last year. So I'm with Maury on that. What I think Houston should do, stop putting everybody on the market, don't have these leaks, let Dan Tony pick his staff, and see if he can come up with some tweaks and changes to the offense. Get more movement player-wise, ball-wise, and see if you can do that. And if you can't do it in a year, we'll start all over after that. Shannon, what grade would you give Kawhi from last night? Scarlet Letter. Hey! Oh, don't. Scarlet do Letter, oh, hey! Stop it. Now, hey. now you've just disqualified hey. yourself. Hey. Now you've lost no, all I credibility. Have no, I yes, have not. Have. Because if you're going to go through what he's going through, carry that yeoman's work, mm -hmm. 43 minutes. And even though you're injured or hurt, whatever mm -hmm. the terminology Skip Bayless mm -hmm. or anyone else that's trying to deny mm -hmm. this man's greatness is trying to use for him to go out there. See, remember, Skip, remember what I say? I don't care if you're hurt or injured. Mm -hmm. If you're on the court, all I see is Leonard, two on the back of that jersey. Mm -hmm. I need that. Now, he didn't give me the virtuoso that I've seen so many mm -hmm. times over the last two weeks. Yep. He didn't give me one of those, but mm -hmm. he was able to play well enough to impact the game. Mm -hmm. Look at Drake. How many turnovers you say Dre might have? Mm. 
Who the, who covered Draymond the majority of the night, Skip Bayless? Mm. <laughs> oh, Kawhi. Mm. That's what we do. Mm. We make you shoot poorly when we're on you. Mm. So for him to get 23, no, he didn't shoot the ball well. Mm. But he found a way to get his points by getting mm -hmm. to the free throw line. Yeah. And he rebounded the ball. And he assisted the ball. And he had a block, a couple, couple of blocks and a mm. couple of steals and a steal. So his impact was all over the game. Mm. And so why he didn't have 30-plus points, and he didn't shoot the ball 35 times, so you can run up here and talk about, he missed 20 of those. Mm. How good is that? Can I interest you in that like you asked me? Mm. He didn't do that. Mm. But he found a way to impact the game, and they won the game. Mm. So Kawhi Leonard's getting an A from me. Mm. And if he plays that way again, guess what? They're going to head back to Oracle up 2-0. Mm. You know, you, you perfectly represent what most of America and all of Canada thinks of number two. Because in the wake of your other man, LeBron James, who's watching from his couch, number two has become the most overprotected, overdefended superstar in all of sports, and it's not even close. That's not true. And by the way, just quick point of order, if, you, if, if I might, the scarlet letter was not a good thing. You understand? It, it stood for adultery. I, I know. Can, what, I, can I say this? But what was the yeah, initial? Quick reminder. See, it's a book called The Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne. I understand. Hester Prince. I know. She had to wear a scarlet okay, letter okay, because okay. she did so, something so it very was a bad. bad. It was a bad thing. So he if you're going to give him the scarlet letter, I, I'll go with that. I, I'll give him okay the scarlet. I gave him the yeah, A. I'll give him the scarlet A. Not what it symbolized. But I don't want it to stand for adultery. No, no. I'm okay with that. No. Okay. I gave him, I, not for what it symbolized. It just symbolized, stands for overrated. The, that, no, it no, does not. A stands for overrated. No, it does not. Okay, just no, points not. of order. Okay. No, it does not. Okay, what is my friend Shannon Sharp beating over my head for the last month? What? That number two has been the best player best, in the playoffs. Bestest, So we've yes. gone from best player on the planet to best player in the playoffs, yes. correct? Yes, So. I'm sorry, but then I have to set that bar way up at the top, right? So I'm yeah. setting it way up here. So off last night's blah performance, how can I not give him any more than a C? Because that was a C performance. Five of 14, it was quiet. It, it, was, it was missing in action performance. It was, I can't remember anything that he did perform it. What about that three? And you're going to give him an A? What about that three? Okay, so what that's about that one. A one on good still? Okay. What, what about what? that big three at the, at the shot clock okay. running down? Do you realize how much help he got? Yeah, Who yeah. was the star of the night? Obviously, I'm going to give Siakam an A. And obviously, I'm going to give... We went great, Siakam. I'm, I'm going to... Well, I'm just... T I'm telling you, because i got to put this all in perspective. I'm going to give Fred Van Vliet, their closer, an A. And I'm going to give Gasol an A-. minus, And I'm going to give Danny Green for making three threes and snapping right out of his shooting slump. I'm going to give him a B+. I'm going to give Kyle Lowry a B+. Plus for leading the team with nine hold assists. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Nine assists, hold on, hold on, hold on. and he played hold on, hold on, hold on. bulldog defense. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bulldog. He went two for nine. I know what okay. he did. And yeah. one for five. Yeah. And he got what grade? Yeah, uh, he got a B plus. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Did, was he not all over the floor last night? What was Kawhi? Huh? I don't know. Where was he? That's you know where question. was. When the game ended, I was thinking, did he play last yeah, night? Yeah, no, you, were, you weren't thinking that. You weren't thinking that. You weren't thinking that. Skip. There are so, see, this is the problem that I have with you, mm. is that when someone does something, let that have been Jordan, and they won the game. No, please, please do not put this man's name no. in the same stop, stop. No. atmosphere, like the same universe. <laughs> All I'm yeah. saying is, is that when Jordan didn't score 50 points, he found other ways to impact the game. Or when Kobe didn't score 40 points, he mm. found other ways to impact the game. Mm. You and others gave him credit. 
He didn't score 30. He didn't have the greatest shooting night, but he still found a way to get to the free throw line. Mm. He still found a way to rebound the ball. He still found a way to assist the ball and facilitate for his teammate. And he still played even on that old balky knee mm. with that quad that he's overcompensated for that's putting more stress on that knee. Mm. He still played lights out defense because uh. people that shot the ball against him was 5 or 13. That's what we do know. And you know, the injury excuse with this guy has gone from making me sick to just making me laugh. It's, now it's I'm, not an excuse. I'm LOL. Every night I'm <laughs> LOL. Just sitting back, it's happening again. Oh, you lost. He is the limping legend. He is. No, it, it, seriously. It's not. He's skipping. It's not an act. The man is hurt. You you just watch what happens in game three and four at home against Milwaukee. They're down, obviously, 0-2. The pressure is mounting, and all of a sudden, right on cue, he starts to limp, and he limped all through three and all through four. And my favorite moment actually came late in three when he'd been limping on his right leg because of some weird thigh mm. tendonitis, tendonitis or something, tendinosis. And all of a sudden, he dunks on the other end and comes down on his left leg, and he limps up court favoring his left leg. Because maybe... Oh, so we got both of them, and I swear he forgot which leg he was no, supposed he to be forget. limping on. But sometimes, Skip, look, you, you come down and you come down a little awkwardly. You put you come down with more pressure on one side than you do the other. Mm. Okay, you're like, ooh, mm. that, that hurt a little bit. Mm. But yeah. he, he shook it off. Little. Yeah, pressure, he, pressure gets it, to him. He knows he's got high basketball IQ. He does have a nice feel and flow and control of the game. Yeah. And he also controls the excuse machine because he knows when to start it up. Because if I'm having a bad game, he's, he's thinking, gee, in the third quarter, I, I know what's coming. They're going to say it's my fault if we lose. So I need, I better limp. I better come down on a fast break. But he was limping in the first quarter. No, I didn't see that. I saw it. Mm. I, Boy, saw him turn, I saw him turn the ball over and try to get a yeah. gear. I was like, Kawhi, you looking like me out there. Really? <laughs> yeah, like he's running on hot coals, uh. like his feet hurt or something. So when he plays poorly, he's hurt. No, no, no. When no, he no, plays no. great, he's playing through severe pain, he, right? He's playing. You, you, you can't lose. Hold you on. can't lose. But in both situations, yeah. you said, okay, if, if he's playing poorly, he's hurt. And if he plays well, he's playing through pain. Mm. You, you, you validated what I've been saying all along. Mm. He's injured, mm. and he's finding ways to get out there and impact the game, be it scoring 40, mm. 45, 39, or 23 mm. with 12, uh, uh, getting to the free throw line 12 mm -hmm. times. That's what superstars mm. do. They don't always see, Skip, sometimes it's, you, know, you don't always have to see how they work. So, Just look at his impact on the game. So last night we had the most overrated player in the playoffs up against the most underrated player in, in many playoffs, and his name is Andre Iguodala, and he plays for the Warriors, and he was the finals MVP the first time the Warriors well, won Well, Kawhi was too, okay. but like you told me, that was ancient. Iguodala does not get enough credit for his ability with his length and his strength because he's claw-like. Yeah. He is their claw. Yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. how many great plays has he made to end games and end series. Ask Dame Lillard. Okay, ask him. He got Bron Ask LeBron James. Ask LeBron yeah. James, right? Yeah. And it was the, was it the? Game three. Game three. It was mm -hmm. the big turnaround mm -hmm. game that KD took over, yeah. right? Yes. But down the stretch, Iggy just says, nope, I'm going to take this ball from you. And he went and took the ball from Dame at the end of the game. Yes. He just took it from him. Yes, he did. And every time I looked up last night, Number two was having a, a hard time against Golden State's claw because you, you can't get the ball through him. You can't get it up. Yeah, well, they're trapping him getting the ball out of his out hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Tell him to go head up with old Kawhi. And the biggest break he made, this may just be meant to be, because near the end of the game, Iggy, who's had, 
I don't know what it is. First they said it was Achilles, and now they're saying it's a strained calf. He pulls up lame, and I'm thinking... He grabbed his hamstring unless his calf is way up there behind his butt. I don't know. They're saying after the game it's his calf. And they did say after the game that he said, I will be there for game two. But you want to talk about a guy who plays through, he will play through it. And the point is that if he can't play through it, if it is so bad that he just can't go... It is another enormous break for a number two who got breaks against Embiid, who was either sick or hurt every other we game. Gave him, we gave him the flu. Oh, did you? Yeah, we gave him, We I got him sick. I didn't see that. Yeah, you, I yeah, know you what saw game. Boogie Cousins going to play, not going to play. Kevin Durant not playing. Toronto's great at home. Toronto's got experience. Toronto's on cloud nine. Biggest game in the history of the franchise. Just a tsunami of energy in the building. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, Facility, fan support. And Golden State had 10 days off, and they looked like it. They shot 36% in the first half. They had 10 turnovers. They weren't getting back on defense. Their offensive and defensive rotations were totally out of rhythm. And yet, with six minutes left, they were in the game. Outside of Steph, nobody played well. They did a very good job on Kawhi Leonard. They did a very good job on Kawhi. But outside of Steph, nobody really played that well. And for Toronto, everybody Everybody, their second best player, their third best player, their fourth best player, their fifth best player. Mark Gasol at his best game ever as a Raptor. Sayakam was 14 of 17. Fred Van Vliet was throwing crap up from all over the court. Danny Green had a terrible series against Milwaukee. He was good last night. So everything went right for the Raptors. Sometimes you walk into a building and you just have a feeling. This is why Vegas had them favored. It's going to be a tough one. And they were behind early, and you just kind of felt it the whole night. It's going to be Toronto's night. Everybody was all synced in. Uh, They were rested enough, but didn't have, you know, that malaise of 10 days off. And by the way, when you're an old team, it's not like Golden State was burning it in their practices. They're trying to get Boogie healthy. They're trying to get KD healthy. They're trying to get Iggy healthy. So there's three reasons why everybody's going to say this morning, Colin, give Toronto respect. Number one, Golden State's a dynasty. Don't bail on dynasties, okay? The five times Steve Kerr's ever trailed in the series with Golden State, they've won all of them. Very resilient team. MJ's Bulls were very resilient. Championship teams are, that's one of their strengths. They almost all have veterans. Uh, They almost all have trailed series. So don't bail on the Warriors. The second thing is Vegas had them favored in the game, and Vegas has this series going six games. It's not about beating Golden State. It's about beating them four times in two weeks. A lot of people beat Miami and Dwayne Wade. A lot of people. But over, but over the course of four years, it was hard to beat them four times in two weeks. That, it was hard with Duncan and the Spurs, the Showtime Lakers, MJ's Bulls. MJ's Bulls struggled with Utah. Utah could beat them. Phoenix beat them. Seattle beat them. Portland beat them. Knicks could beat them. Couldn't beat them four times in two weeks. The third thing is, listen, New England's been in nine Super Bowls. The NFL current dynasty, been in nine Super Bowls, never scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Why? Two weeks off is a long time, even for dynasties and champions. Listen, 10 days off is double the all-star break. You are not going to come in in rhythm. I thought Golden State's defense was the bigger problem. Uh, I thought they gave up way too many easy baskets, uh, missed assignments. I thought their defense was poor. Offensively, they'll be fine. They're the Warriors. Now, there are two things for Toronto uh, that are real, 
And these are not going to go away. Number one, there's a word in the NBA that fans never talk about, but it's all scouts talk about. And that word is length. Toronto is long. Seacom and Gasol and Danny Green's long for a guard. And Ibaka and, 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 and uh, Kawhi. And they're long. And what does that mean? They make you take more difficult shots. They change the trajectory of your shot. That kind of length, they get tipped passes, tipped balls, the second rebound. Toronto's really long. And I know it doesn't really matter, but the longest team I've ever seen in NBA history was Jordan's Bulls. They would have Pippen was long and Harper and Rodman and Kukoc. And outside of Steve Kerr, it was just arms everywhere, tipped passes everywhere, second shot. That's not going away. Golden State's not going to shoot 60% in any of these games. They're going to make Golden State change the trajectory down low, perimeter. That's a real thing with Toronto. You saw that against Milwaukee, Orlando, and Philadelphia. They got guys out of their rhythm. Here's the second thing about Toronto, and this isn't going away. They're resilient as hell. They trailed Orlando 1-0. They trailed the Sixers 2-1. They trailed Milwaukee 2-1. This is the advantage of veteran teams. That's why I didn't buy into Denver. It's why I didn't buy into Milwaukee yet. They're just too young. You know, it's just like life. You know, my 18-year-old daughter, you know, she's not, she doesn't have that resilience built up. You know, a bad Instagram photo can wreck her afternoon. You get older in life, things that your house has to catch on fire for you to go crazy. Like, right? Veteran NBA teams have a certain resilience. Gasol's been in a lot of games. Kawhi's been in a lot of games. Ibaka, Kyle Lowry. These guys have been in big playoff games, home, road. So those two things, they have real length, and that's going to give Golden State some offensive issues the whole series. It's real. And they're resilient. They got a bunch of old guys. They a lot of 29, 30, 31 guys who have played in the playoffs. So Toronto's feisty, resilient, tough. I still like Golden State in this series. And I'll get to the Kevin Durant coming back in game four in a couple of minutes. But I do want to talk about this as I'm watching the game. Um, I am not a tax gypsy. I, I, you know, I'm a radio guy. I could do this show if it wasn't simulcast. I could do it in Wyoming, no state tax. I could do it in New Hampshire, no state tax. I live in California. I just moved from Connecticut. It's not the two highest tax states in the country. I'm not a tax gypsy. Okay, I just want to live where I want to live. I live by a beach. I don't want to have it 29 degrees in October. So, okay, I, I, I'm somebody that doesn't worry too much about taxes. But I do think if I was a pro athlete, I'd think about it a lot. Because as a pro athlete, I got like two contracts to make real money. That's it. I got, I've already had 12 in my life. I could have another five, right? Pro athletes had the first contract. You don't make much team controls it. Second and third, you make a lot. And by the fourth, you could be old and hurt. So I just want you to think about this story out this morning. Kawhi Leonard dealing with knee tendonitis. Oh, okay. Uh, I know we all think Kawhi Leonard's going to stay or leave Toronto based on winning and losing. Let me just remind everybody, he left $31 million on the table leaving San Antonio. Are we all sure this isn't going to come down to dollars? If he left Canada to go to the Clippers, he'd give up $49 million. I got to be honest with you. I'm a pro athlete. No way in you know what I'm giving up $80 million. And again, I'm not a tax gypsy, but Toronto's well run. Toronto's got a good roster. It's Toronto. He can kind of hide, right? 
It's a hockey country. I'm sitting there last night, and I'm like, never forget, the Raptors were totally cool with him sitting out 20 games. Non-issue. Non-issue. Didn't like that in San Antonio. Non-issue. Secondly, Toronto's already said, $20 million penthouse, free. Food. Kawhi and Dine, free. Don't kid yourself. That stuff matters. Nobody likes free stuff more than celebrities. It's amazing. I've ne- you could give a George Clooney a free coffee mug. They'll run across the street in traffic for it. Celebrities love free stuff. Here's a $20 million penthouse for free. You don't think that has a little... Oh, I may have to think about that. Here's the other thing. The East is a lot easier than the West. Kawhi plays hard. Kawhi's not going to last forever. Kawhi's already missed an entire season almost with injuries. Are we sure he's going to give up 80 large? Now, I will tell you this. I don't think he should have ever left San Antonio. I, I really think he made a mistake. They let him rest. Great owner. No state tax. He can be quiet. I mean, I, I actually think San Antonio was perfect for Kawhi Leonard, but that's over. And it didn't work out, and he left. And it says nothing against the Clippers. But Paul George, who had had injuries, stayed in Oklahoma City, even though he was from L.A. Kevin Durant, according to Rick Buecher, is fluctuating back and forth on leaving Golden State due to his most recent injury. Kawhi Leonard's got tendonitis. He's he's dealing with tendonitis. Are we sure he's not thinking, do I want to give up $80 million? I can't do this forever. He's already got a house in L.A. He already bought it. It's already done. You know, I'm sitting there watching this thing last night, and, you know, we are all caught up because it's not our money. We're all caught up, but, oh, you got to go there, there. Is Kawhi Leonard really an L.A. guy? It's not like he's, you know, he's got this, like, Shaq. When he went to Orlando to L.A., you're like, Shaq wanted to be a movie star. He wanted to be a hip-hop star. Orlando was too small for Shaq. Shaq had so many aspirations. And now you see him. He's on every TV commercial. Blake Griffin, like he wanted to be in L.A. Blake Griffin had, you know, stand-up comedy, real estate. He had aspirations, TV shows, podcasts. (laughs) Kawhi, I could argue the perfect place for Kawhi was San Antonio. The city in Texas that doesn't get a lot of fanfare. So I'm watching last night, and 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 I'm and I'm I didn't I'm just watching this game, and then I read that headline this morning, and I think we we're, we're not considering that money thing. And when these athletes, Paul George and Durant, get hurt, one of the first things they think about is I I better take the guaranteed money. Kevin Durant right now would have to give up money to go to the Knicks. Paul George would have given up a lot of money to go to the Lakers. Kawhi Leonard's going to have to give up a lot of guaranteed money, guaranteed money to go to the Clippers. I'm not sure. Injuries change everything. So this is obviously enormous news that Kevin Durant, who there, the more that the longer it took for him to get back on the basketball court, for him to get back to practicing. Now he still hasn't been practicing, but he hasn't been getting shots up. The more likely it became that KD was not going. That we're going to run out of days between the amount of time it takes between practicing and being cleared to play for him to make an appearance in the NBA Finals. This news tells me they think he's going to be on the practice court on Monday after game number two on Sunday and then start that process to be back for one of those games back in Oracle. 
For the Warriors, it changes entirely how they can defend the Toronto Raptors. I thought they were very successful and very smart. I know they were successful, and I thought it was very smart, their approach on Kawhi, and it held him to only five made field goals. But that approach was a trapping sin two guys at him. Kevin Durant in spots can guard Kawhi one-on-one, and not that he can shut him down, but he's so long, he can he can obstruct his shot, he can obstruct those passing lanes. And you got the extra guy. Of course. And on the other end of the court, it gives the Warriors what has been the reason they haven't lost a playoff series these last three years. They become something of an unguardable team because they can run this motion offense if they want, but if it stalls out or if the other team is ready for it, as Toronto was making rotation after rotation, they can just say, okay, safety valve, let's give it to one of the greatest scorers of all time, toss it to him, and because he's seven feet tall, he can get a shot anywhere he wants. This is, I do not believe the Warriors have to have Kevin Durant come back to win this series, but obviously it raises the likelihood that they win the series greatly. When Kevin Durant first went down, the, from a medical standpoint, typically they say four to six weeks. If it's a major strain of your calf, it's four to six weeks. Minor strain of your calf is going to be one to two weeks. We're already past three weeks. Next week, if he decide, if they decide to play him in game number four, it will be in that four-week window. Now, the calf won't be 100% healed. And there's a reason why he hadn't been on the court, because the inability for him to be able to lift, to be able to jump, and to be able to recover. So not only has he not been on the court, and my only thing a little bit different than yours, I think he gets on the court their next practice. He either gets on the court today or he gets on the court tomorrow. I, he doesn't get on the court after game number two because I just believe if they're already saying that he's predicting on a certain day, a week, the week from today, he's going to be playing. He's got to get on the court yeah. right now. So I expect that. I don't expect Kevin Durant to be the Kevin Durant that was getting 34. So which Kevin Durant do we get as an offensive player? Which Kevin Durant do we get as a defensive player? And let's not forget the all-impending free agency. How much am I willing to risk my career to try to three-peat or risk myself getting another injury? You are right. The calf is connected to a lot of things. But more importantly, the Achilles injury. And that is the number one injury for a basketball player that he is trying to avoid. He avoided it when he strained his calf, but you can't think that it's not in the back of his mind hurting myself before free agency. So does Kerr change up the way he uses Kevin Durant based on the fact that he most likely won't be 100%? Is it maybe less open shooting, maybe more on defense? I mean, do you change no, your well, approach it, with well, Kevin Durant? What you change is the number of minutes he plays and maybe the idea of him guarding Kawhi Leonard as I think he would have primarily if they were, if, if he had never been hurt. Maybe you say, you know what, if he's only going to be able to play 20 to 25 minutes to start, let's save most of his energy for the offensive end. Let's keep doing what we're doing with Kawhi, which is the trapping. Or if between now and then they find another way to guard Kawhi Leonard. Asking Kevin Durant, he's, they're not going to bring him off the bench. I know that. Listen, Kevin Durant's going to start every game of his NBA career moving forward until, unless he does play till year 20, like some people speculate he might. You don't do that. Even if he's going to play the minutes of a reserve, you still he's, going, out there right he's the going to be a starter. You're not going to ever bring Kevin Durant off the bench. But what it means is, Jonas Jurebko is not going to get seven minutes. And Quinn Cook's not going to get nine minutes. And uh, Sean Livingston is going to play, but maybe not going to get 17 minutes. You're going to have guys that Jurebko will be out of the rotation. Quinn Cook's minutes will be halved. Sean Livingston's minutes will be cut down by four or five. And you can have at least 
You can have two of Steph, Clay, and Katie on the court at all times instead of just one of Steph and Clay on the court at all times. One thing I want to look at, too, is he is a strict jump shooter. And I want to see how his jump shot is affected by having a strained calf. We know he had been a month since he had been on the court. So now when he gets on the court is his jump shot. He's not a set shot shooter. He's not a guy you can just put in the corner. You get it, he can knock it down. Ray Allen or something. He lifts off the ground on every shot. It's a huge part of his game, even though he's got those skinny legs. What type of defender is he? What type of offensive player is he? So before I start saying, oh, this guy's not going to play, this guy's not going to play, we don't know what speed Kevin Durant's at. We are in the NBA Finals. The most intense basketball that you will ever see. Is Kevin Durant's body prepared for that? And I don't think, and I saw this in Giannis and I saw this in Ben Simmons, Kawhi at 6'7", even though they have the height advantage and weight advantage, Kawhi manhandled them. He knocked them up under the bucket on a regular basis. Now, Kevin Durant with a bad leg. Can he guard Kawhi and how strong Kawhi can be, especially in trying to attack the bucket? If the, ra if the, the Warriors rather end up down 0-2 going back to Oracle, what kind of significant changes is Steve Kerr going to have to make? Well, so, the, again, the, let's just – for the games where KD's not playing is what you're talking about, sure. right? Because the, the biggest change will be KD coming back. If they go down 0-2, I, I got to see how that happens because I don't think they should change the way they guarded Kawhi. I think they are happy with how they guarded Kawhi. What they war – the Warriors lost last night – for two primary reasons. One, Pascal Siakam had the game of his life and credit to him. Third-year player, a guy they drafted with he and OG Anuabi, pardon me. They drafted both of those players in mind. We're always going to have to go through LeBron. Let's get long defenders that can bother LeBron. LeBron's now gone, and Pascal has blossomed. He's going to win most improved player in the league this year, I believe. And he's showing you that he can pop for big offensive nights. He had the best night of his career last night. Not the most points he's ever scored, but a top five scoring night of his career. And he did it on only 17 shots. And the other reason the Warriors lost that game is because they were not ready on either side of the ball for the intensity the Raptors were going to bring. They were not ready for the Raptors' half-court defensive intensity, and they were not ready for the Raptors to say, we, we are not afraid to get out and run when, it's, when there are opportune times, even after makes. You saw the Warriors getting beaten transition. Steve Kerr mentioned it after the first quarter, and then the Warriors never got better at it. The Warriors were not in what I believe to be NBA Finals readiness, NBA Finals mentality, they seem to be suffering from something we had seen Cleveland suffer from over the last few years, which is you roll through your side of the bracket. The other team has a bit of a, of a fight like the Warriors did in 16 against the Thunder and in 18 against the Rockets. They are ready to go, and you are easing yourself into it. This is the first time we've seen the Warriors fall victim to that. I believe that Toronto is a tough matchup. I believe it's the toughest matchup. Outside of them trying to defend LeBron, but the way the team in Toronto and the way the team is put together, it's a tougher matchup for them. It's definitely the best defensive team. I believe they're going to lose game number two, and I believe it's going to put more pressure on Kevin Durant to try to rush back, to be able to get into the lineup, to be able to help them get this series back to even. So, man, this is, this is big-time news, and it's a lot of pressure on Kevin Durant. The impending sure. free agency and how he was playing basketball before he got hurt. Can he play injured? There's a lot of guys that get injuries, but there's not a lot of guys that can play injured. 
Boogie Cousins, is it fair? Did he have the conditioning? He can't play injured at a high level. Everyone can't do this, and I'm not willing to appropriate it. I want to see Kevin Durant. I want to see him play in a pressure-packed final with a torn calf, and he's rushing himself to get back into the lineup. And if this news is right, and Chris Haynes, by the way, does podcasts with Kevin Durant, clearly has a relationship with Kevin Durant. If anyone's going to report Kevin Durant news, I trust Chris Haynes above everybody else. And so if he's reporting, it could be game three. It's likely going to be game four. You can pretty much write that in stone unless KD is some type of setback. You mentioned if they fall down 0-2. The only people that should be rooting for the Warriors to not fall down 0-2 as much as Warrior fans are New York Knicks fans who have been excited and ready and waiting for Kevin Durant this offseason. If the Warriors fall down 0-2 and then he comes back and saves the day, all of the free agency plans that we've been talking about all year long, that could be the seismic event that changes things. That could be the event that makes ever that makes Kevin Durant have a moment and say, okay, are they still are they gonna say they don't need me now? You you you, you lost the finals without me, you won two with me, you were down 0-2 without me, I came back and we won the whole thing if that's how this goes. So obviously, Raptor fans, Warrior fans, the whole NBA world's gonna be watching game number two.